0: Welcome to the Everything Ema Podcast, part of the Heartland College Sports Podcast Network. I am your host, Joe Tillery, and today we're going to be talking a little bit about heartbreak. Now, I know I sat here and I said there's no shot that K-State loses this game this weekend. There's no way this team from Texas can beat the Wildcats. It turns out I was wrong. Um, That was not ideal, to say the least. It was not a good weekend of football. K-State, weirdly, and I, I can't stress this enough, played so uncharacteristically bad in the first half i mean it was to the point where anything positive would have been an upgrade k-state scores 10 points in the first half down 31 to 10 at halftime my brother texted me and goes this game is terrible k-state is horrible and the worst part of that i couldn't disagree k-state goes on a crazy run in the second half gets the ball with under a minute left with a chance to win down seven and all hell breaks loose. One thing I want to stress, and I can't I cannot stress this enough. I am so tired of all of the Will Howard takes. That guy should be the starter. Will Howard no more of that, bro. I am done with that, man. I I've heard it so much. It's blowing up my Twitter. People saying Martinez is the issue. Martinez is not the issue. Guy threw for a season high, passing touchdowns and yards this season in this game. Martinez goes for 329, two scores, and obviously that bad pick was kind of rough, but Martinez goes for 329. That's pretty damn good. I don't understand the conversation saying, Will Howard's got to be the starter. Come on, man. Snap out of it. Come on. You played one and a half good games of football for K-State, and I appreciate that. I'm glad for that. He did what he needed to do. He's not the starting quarterback for this team. Which quarterback actually gives you the best opportunity to win? It's Adrian, and it's not close. It is not close. You can't sit there and tell me that because Will Howard, if Will Howard's in that game, we don't win that game. And I know that we didn't win, so I can't really do much of the comparison there, but there's no shot that he deserves to be the starter right now. So let's talk about the weird situation the Cats are in right now. Currently sitting atop the Big 12 is 9-0 TCU. Nothing's going to change with that. There's three weeks left, and we have a loosely a, we have loosely a three way tie for second in the Big Twelve with a trip to Arlington on the line. The Big Twelve standings right now, currently we have TCU in first. We talked about that. Second place is taken up by four different teams, basically three different teams. Excuse me. Baylor currently sitting in second after some crazy resurgence this season, with a six and three record and four and two in the conference. Texas, who is sitting at six and three overall. conference, and and K-State, 6-3, 4-2 conference. There's five teams in the Big 12 that are 6-3. Obviously, the conference record is what's going to propel this. But the stupid situation now, K-State lost the tiebreaker to Texas. They're playing Baylor this weekend. If K-State can beat Baylor, Texas is a matchup with TCU. Basically, there's some things that have to go right. Not only does K-State have to beat Baylor, which I feel good about. I mean, you know, cautiously optimistic at this point. I feel good K-State gets back on track. Two rough losses in a row that were close, man. I, I, don't, I don't think this team is some nightmare, dumpster fire, hell, you know. This is a good team in the Big 12, and I want to see them make that push. Because I think they can beat TCU if they get their guys right. I fully believe that. What sucks is they're going to have to get the monkey off their back, going from Texas and them holding the actual tiebreaker. Texas does not have an easy schedule to close things off this season. Yeah, so Texas takes on TCU at home this weekend. Granted, Well, let me specify, the fourth-ranked team, the fourth-best team in the nation, TCU, take on KU, who somehow, I don't know how KU continues to talk, how they continue to get their way into conversations. They had a massive win over OSU by Devin Neal rushing for 1,000 yards and 15 touchdowns against OSU. Then they have a matchup with Baylor, the end-all, be-all tiebreaker game. That's a huge back three for Texas. I would love to see Texas drop two of these three games. I see them losing to TCU, but also in typical Texas fashion, they might find some stupid way to beat them. And I see them losing to Baylor. I don't know about KU because they're just... KU is such a weird team right now, but somehow, if they can pull it off, that'd be massive for K-State. K-State's back schedule. We got Baylor, who's tough. That's the other tiebreaker. Gotta win this game. We cannot afford to lose to Baylor this weekend. Then you have West Virginia. Okay, not the worst. They're they're somewhere in... Well, I was going to say somewhere in the middle. They are the worst team in the Big 12. Then you got KU, which I don't see K-State losing that game. That's going to be a massive game, and it is sold out 70 times. That's going to be a massive game. So I'm going to shorten Good Cat, Bad Cat this week down a little bit. I'll still give you the 3-3, three and three, but I'm going to keep the takes quick, so that way we can talk a little bit about K-State basketball. They took on uh, University of Texas Rio Grande Valley last night. We'll talk about that here in a sec. But to start things off for football, let's talk the first Good Cat. Good Cat number 1, like I said, Adrian Martinez is a guy. That dude is a stud. Everybody should know this. Nobody should write on Twitter, hey, get Will Howard on the field. Martinez is a certified baller. Martinez was playing his heart out this game. I know the first half was sucky. I know that it was rough. He still had the discipline to come back in the second half, punch in two quick scores, and get the game down to one touchdown. That's huge. Pair of field goals. Understandable. K-State got back into the game with a chance to tie. The loss, unfortunately, came when Martinez is scrambling, trying to, I mean, I'm not going to sit here and say that the play, like, it wasn't the worst fumble I've ever seen. Martinez is scrambling, trying to get down the field. it got to have it, man. Got to have everything. Ball gets sna- snapped out. That's how it goes. That's how it goes, man. You're you're in a tight situation. You're in a fourth-quarter situation. It's easy to lose the ball, to be careless with the football. That wasn't ideal, but I can't beat him up about it, man. I cannot call for his head about this one. The only reason we got back in that game is because that dude willed us back into it. I fully believe that. I think there's discipline across a lot of spots where a good team. That was a veteran performance and I know it wasn't a win so I don't want to sit here and talk about like he's you know Jesus Christ himself. But it it was still enough to impress me and that should be highlighted. Bad Cat number 1. What is up with the slow starts this season, man? I don't know why somebody's got to tell K-State they're good for the entire for the entire game. We shouldn't have to have to have coach come in at halftime and say, "All right, hey, let's go and play some good football now." first half it's like there's an inflated ego getting into the game of yeah yeah we're the team we're the team and then it's just nothing it's weird it started to confuse me I don't know if it's a play calling thing I don't know if it's a discipline thing I don't know what the issue is but we go through these stretches where our defense can't stop anybody Bijan Robinson ran for 8,000 yards our offense can't get anything going receivers are blanketed in coverage it just confuses me about K-State why that's the case and you saw that here this weekend with Texas. I don't want to see that with Baylor. I know that's an obvious statement. Nobody here wants to see K-State get off to a slow start because that's what happens, man. You're going to see a better team run away with it. K-State had a chance, but we shouldn't have to back ourselves into a in a corner, Muhammad Ali style, and then come out swinging. K-State's got to be ready from the jump and expect expect a dogfight, man. We can't just be waiting forever and seeing what happens. All right, yeah, we're gonna you know we'll get it back together. No, you won't. No, you won't. I'm going to be honest with you. Got to start fast and stay hot. Good cat number two, K-State's defense, and I can't stress this enough, is raw. They are good. They are a tough unit to move the football on. Hard part, they sometimes forget how good they are. I fully believe that. You've got a guy, Felix Anudike Uzama, who's leading the Big 12 in sacks. Guy's a stud, certified stud, NFL top five draft pick. Khalid Duke, another stud, great pass rusher. There's a lot of guys on this team that are really talented. K-State didn't have one sack this game against Texas. Quinn Ewers didn't go to. Well, actually, Quentin Ewers did get hit. There was no sacks given up by Texas. That blows my mind, bro. K State's defense goes from one of the premier units that's forcing turnovers, it's getting to the quarterback, to non-existent. That's not ideal. I know this is supposed to be a good segment, but I think K State's defense is really good and really tough to move the de- move the football. I think K State's defense is really tough to move the football on, but they have to show up. They've got to put in the work. They've got to focus on the details because a lot of times they just get out there and they get beat up. They did force a couple of turnovers in this game, and due to some dumb plays, we didn't really capitalize the way we should have. Big fumble punched out by Echo Boido on uh, Roshan Johnson. There's a couple of opportunities. K-State's in the, in the thick of it right now. They're figuring things out. I hope they respond positively because the defense is going to be one of the driving factors for a win down in Waco. Bad cat number two. K-State is so undisciplined. I cannot say how many dumb penalties you're sitting there watching. It's like, dude... You know the snap count or, dude, come on, why are we lining up in the neutral zone? This is not the way to do this. You're offsides already. K-State went through a period where the same guys flagged twice for a false start. You know the snap count. I get that it's tough. I know you need to stay on sides. When you have to have Cooper Beebe turn and say, dude, do not move until I snap the football. Why are you moving? You know the snap count. That's not exactly a great look for the O-line, I would say. K-State got penalized, and I don't want to say it was dumb or there were, you know, some they were getting hosed on calls. I just think K-State's undisciplined, man. We expect things to work out and get away with things. We really don't. We are not that team. There was a lot of calls in this game and the refs for the most part, we're calling it kind of an even slate across both. Did miss a couple of face masks from Texas on K-State. Something about us, the way we play, we just check out and we play dumb for a while, man. We go through this weird stretch of just playing dumb. That was pretty apparent this weekend and I know that I haven't cited a ton of exact plays, but as a K State fan, and this has been a year, years, for years, this has been going on for years. As a K State fan, you sit there and you watch some kid make some really dumb mistake. And I understand that's football that's going to happen, but it happens every week with K State. We wait till the most opportune moment to do something stupid, and then we do something real stupid. K State, I don't know how they do it. They find a way to do something wrong in crucial moments. That's got to be fixed. That's got to be fixed, man. We cannot continue to win games in the Big 12 playing playing like crap. Dumb football does not win games in the Big 12. Good Cat number 3. I feel like our coaching staff is the right group for K-State to get back into the Big 12 here. I think something about Chris Kleiman, he's got that cool confidence about him. He's got the, uh, the quarter zip ready to go on the sideline, arms crossed. I think he's confident in his group, and I think he's confident in his guys. You cannot ask for a better guy to steer the ship at this point. I fully believe that Kleiman will have him ready to go. And I think these right I mean, something about the combination of coaches we have, I think they hold guys accountable, but they don't beat them up. Kleiman, even when we're getting, we're getting beat, still has so, so many constructive things to say about K-State. And I get, I get that it's not ideal. It's not always easy to win games in the Big 12. Kleiman can find a way, and I have full confidence that we have the right coaching staff to get K-State back on track. There still is a shot to win the Big 12 here, and we're going to need some help. I like the staff we have. I like the guys steering the ship at this point. Bad Cat number 3, Special Teams University hasn't really been a thing this year. Our special teams, I know we've returned a couple of kicks early. Phillip Brooks, Malik Knowles, we haven't really seen much production on special teams in a while. You know, maybe they're trying to just contain differently, but Malik Knowles, Phillip Brooks, we're not making the same plays we have on special teams this year. I'm a little bit disappointed. I'm underwhelmed. I'm thrown for a loop. We got to start seeing some production on special teams because that is what K-State thrives on. Setting up good field position so they don't have to put together a 90-yard drive. You know, we thrive and we we ride based off of how our field position is. We're not going to be the best offense in of the Big 12. That's just not us. But we can win the turnover battle, we can win the field position battle, put up points on a short field, put up points when we need to. K-State's that team. I don't want us to have to go 95 yards every drive. Haven't seen the same production we have in years past on special teams. I'm hoping that changes with time. K-State takes on Baylor this weekend in Waco. That game is at 6 o'clock this Saturday. It's going to be a big one. That cannot be understated. But let's transition. Let's talk about some K-State basketball, dude. We got hoops. We got hoop talk ready to go. Now, I know we didn't play Kentucky last night or anything crazy. K-State took on the University of Texas, Rio Grande Valley, and that's not like, you know, UT Rio Grande Valley, okay, I get that. It's kind of a bunch of scrubs out there, respectfully. Just trying to get paid, man. Just trying to get something done. Just trying to get in the game. I love this K-State basketball team. The Jerome Tang era kicks off with a 93-59 win. And K-State was never not in control. Let me specify, I know this wasn't great competition. This is the most athletic team I've ever seen at K-State. I know since some of the Jacob Pullen days, obviously we had a good team. We've never been a physically imposing basketball team where we're throwing down giant dunks on people's heads. We were last night. Multiple lobs. Let me run through it. So, there is a lot of dudes on this team that can go, man. We have some good freaking players that I'm not going to sit here and say that anybody in the world thought K-State would be good. I fully believe we're going to compete. I know KU's a great team. Baylor's a good team. Texas, Texas Tech... That team in Manhattan has some quiet studs. Keontae Johnson. Let's talk about Keontae. Making his return to basketball after two years, after just an absolute gut-wrenching situation in Florida. Keontae Johnson, if you haven't heard his story, it's incredible. Please go look it up. Johnson was walking off the court in a timeout. Collapses at Florida. Collapses, drops to the floor, has to be rushed to the hospital. Really scary situation. Wasn't cleared to play basketball until 2021. This this, This originally happened in 2019. Wasn't cleared until 2021. Florida just doesn't feel comfortable playing him at that point. Too much of a risk. He then goes through independent team doctors for NBA NBA staff with scouts. Keontae then enters the transfer portal. After getting his degree, he's a student guy. Enters the transfer portal, ends up at K-State. Coach Tang inspired him, gave him the opportunity, and wanted to work with the kid. Keontae Johnson is still a first-team All-SEC player. The same guy who was a stud for Florida. Looked like an NBA draft pick. That guy didn't look like he missed a beat. Came out with K-State, looked the same. The guy has a 78-inch vertical, something crazy, not actually 78. The guy has like an 80-inch vertical. That's satire, but boy, it feels like it. Johnson, this game, puts up 13 points. And I want to say that K-State across the board, I don't think there's going to be one standout guy. Keontae will probably be the best conversation for that guy. There's not one guy that's going to be the reason K-State wins. Across this board, let's write down some points here. Cam Carter, 6 points. Last week's high score. Keontae Johnson, 13 points, 2 rebounds, 4 assists. Naquan Tomlin, 14 points, 8 rebounds. Marquise Noel, 14 points, 7 assists, 4 steals. That's a good game. 10 points for Ish. 9 points for Takai Green. Desi Sills, 10 points, 5 rebounds, 3 assists. There's dudes on this team that can go and compete. We've got some athletes across the board, man. I am so freaking excited for this season. Not only does K-State have big play, big-time big players, they've got guys who can contribute off the bench. And I love, I love Jerome Tang. Is there one guy in the nation that inspires a fan base to come out and support you more than Jerome Tang? This guy's on campus in the student section wabashing for football season. Guys out there exploring... Um, Guy is going to fraternities and sorority uh, fundraisers and, and different things to try to get the students on campus energized, pumped up. It is a great day to be a Wildcat, in the Jerome Tang era begins now. This guy is a monster. I think K-State's team resembles that identity. If you have a question about Tang, about his integrity, about his personality, that guy fits K-State so well. I can't stress that seeing walking walk in at halftime up, you know, 30, and say... Talking to Jasmine Halliburton, who was the correspondent for ESPN Plus, former radio girl, we're big big shout out to Jasmine. For working for ESPN Plus, asking Tang, hey, how do we limit turnovers? we only had six turnovers in the first half. We had 25 last week. What's the difference? And Tang goes, Yep, yeah, don't jinx us. We're throwing the ball to the right team today. That is the coolest thing you can say, bro. That is awesome. I am so amped up. I fully believe Jerome Tang is the guy, and I think K-State has a better chance than anybody's talking about. For a team picked to finish dead last in the Big 12, boy, I did not think they'd look like that. OU goes out and loses last night. California, next week's team, loses to UC Davis. K-State wins by 78 points, not actually 78, but boy, was a lot of points. Oklahoma, who was supposed to finish above us, and I want to let that be known. Oklahoma basketball. They lose to Sam Houston State University. 52-51. OU puts up 51 points. What? What? Are you sure? That's not great. That's not great. And for the first time, K-State's tied for the lead in the Big 12. (laughs) Not the first time. K-State, Baylor, KU, Iowa State, and OSU, and West Virginia, and Texas Tech, and TCU, and Texas. Every single team's one though, except for Oklahoma. And that needs to be talked about a little bit more. I think K-State, well, I'm not going to sit here and say they're going to beat KU. I'm not going to sit here and say they're going to be a better team than Baylor. They can beat the Iowa States here. They can beat TCU. They can beat some good teams. I fully believe that. Jerome Tang is the guy. He's the one at the helm, and I cannot wait for every game we play. There's an identity. There's a hunger. There's a, there's a ferocity here. There are so many guys ready to contribute off the bench, and I cannot wait to see how this K-State team works. Tang had talked about it, asking him about starters for the night. I don't love announcing a starting lineup because I don't want give to the, give the guys that confidence that they don't need to work. Everybody got in the game with the exception of a few guys who were injured. Minutes off the bench. Tang is going starting five, whole new five next set. There's good dudes and good leaders on this team. I can't wait to see how they perform this season. Now, I don't know what the future is going to hold for K State basketball. I don't know what it's going to look like for K State football, but I know that we will talk about it here on the Everything Emo podcast. I want to say thank you guys so much for listening. This has been a bit of a tough week. Obviously, K State lost to Texas. That was pretty heartbreaking. But things are going to get brighter, man. Things are going to start to change. I can feel it in the air. Things will start to get back on track for K-State. We've got a date with Baylor this weekend. K-State basketball takes on California here in a couple of days. I am really excited to see what the future of these teams are. That being said, thank you so much for listening to this, this week's edition of the Everything Ema Podcast, part of the Heartland College Sports Podcast Network. I'm your host, Joe Tillery, and I want to encourage you guys, really take the time to watch this K-State basketball team. They are going to be something special. And I don't believe any of the gas and the smoke that's being blown about us finishing dead last. I don't believe it. I think that K-State has a team ready to go. K-State football, going to need a big performance out of you. It's a great day to be a Wildcat.